Hello friends, welcome to the Online Pastor Podcast, a place for you to discover faith and explore what it means to follow Jesus, experience God, and navigate life as a person of faith. My name is Amanda, and I am your host and Bible mentor, and I am excited to be on this journey with you. I am so excited to have you here for season two. We have just finished talking about this need for courage, uh, hopefully a bit of an understanding of the pain uh, and context for suffering in this world haven't listened to those, I'd encourage you to go back and do so because that is a bit of a setup for this series. And I am just excited today. I'm literally sitting here and it's raining outside and I want to talk to you about the gospel or um, the word it comes from, the meaning of it is the good news. It might sound simple, but I think one of the things that consistently, um, I'm going to say this, confuses and concerns me is people's understanding of the gospel. And I'm going to say more importantly, and maybe more um, pointedly, people who are already following Jesus, their understanding of the good news. So if you are listening, my question for you, and I would encourage you to just pause it, what is the gospel to you? If you had to tell someone the good news, what it meant to follow Jesus, what is the gospel to you? Just stop and think about that. Now, if you grew up in church, the verse you probably heard was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And maybe if you didn't grow up in the church, that maybe is a verse that you would have heard. I think that the longer that I study... Um, theology and the more I look at maybe even wonder about the lack of um, kind of vibrancy of the church I think it is due to some of this issue about how we preach the good news I would like to tell you that this idea is not just my own like I'm not coming at this with something new and I would love to tell you where this quote comes from but some famous writer I apologize, I have tried to look it up, um, but I don't want to misattribute it. So I'm going to give the credit to some person. If you know who it is, feel free to let me know and I can credit later. It says, we are reaping the gospel that we have preached. And I think as a result of that, maybe sometimes in the Western church, because we're speaking from that perspective, we wonder why um, we are not seeing the church more alive. And then also perhaps wondering why there is such obvious gaps or fallenness in the church and so much brokenness. So let's go back to that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have each other, have eternal life. So I just want to say there is the whole gospel in that, but our understanding oftentimes stops in that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish. That's it. Whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish. And I'm going to talk about, but shall have eternal life in a second. But 
there is this tendency to preach only that we are saved from our sins through Jesus. And I think we need to be clear about something here. We are not saved from our sins. We're saved from the wrath of God for our sin. The reason Jesus had to die, why he had to be fully God and fully human, was because only human, only a human, fully human, could stand in the stead of humans who were fallen. But only God could withstand the wrath of God. I think oftentimes we talk about being saved from our sins. And I mean, we are-ish, but I think it's more clear to say we're saved from the punishment, which is the wrath of God for our sins. So that's a nuance I, I think is worth understanding. And I don't really want to go on that bunny trail right now for the sake of contemplation around the good news of this um, focus today. You can go on a bunny trail with that, but I think it's important to understand that saving from our sins is only part of the good news because, and this is where the misattribution happens. We talk about shall have eternal life. I, I would say this is a kid and I think some of that is probably appropriate because I didn't really understand eternal life, but it was like, okay, after you die, you get to go to heaven and not quote unquote hell. Um, And as I grew older, I would say, okay, I understand that maybe that was a very simplistic and in many ways a childlike understanding of being saved from sin is you don't get punished. Um, And I think it's important to grow in maturity in our understanding of what eternal life is. And this verse from John 17 really has... I. I would say it's one of my favorite verses because it's just such a hopeful reminder about what eternal life is. And Jesus, you know, this is his longest sermon that we have to his disciples. And he says this in John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they know you. He's referring to his, his followers. I just love that because it just transformed my understanding of eternal life is not something we get when we are dead. (laughs) Eternal life is actually the beginning of a relationship with God the Father and knowing the Son. And so the moment that you come to say yes to Jesus, I need saving from the wrath of God for my sin is also the moment you step into a relationship with him that propels you into a kingdom movement where eternal life, knowing God, living in relationship with him starts already. It doesn't start when you die. Why is this part so important? And why do I think it's oftentimes left out? I think... I mean, there could be a bunch of different theories. It might be worth discussing with someone. Why do you think the eternal life is starting now is oftentimes left out? I do wonder if sometimes in the process of spiritual formation in the church, that simplistic understanding of the good news that kind of stops with, and then eternal life is when, you know, you die and you get to be with God and be in heaven instead of hell. And that just never evolves to understanding that that actually that eternal life starts now, life with God starts now. 
And I think that the gap of this in the church, when we wonder why isn't the church more vibrant, is because we don't teach that it starts now. And so there's no expectation for changed lives. There's not an expectation for the spirit to move. There isn't an expectation necessarily. Sure, someone is saved from their sins, but they're still in a broken world and we're still sinners in need of saving. And for all of my experience of being a pastor of discipleship and developing uh, spiritual formation, um, I don't even like calling it pathways because it sounds so linear. I found I find spiritual formation very cyclical or circular. That's a podcast for another time because we oftentimes come have to come back to things and relearn them with our you know our new knowledge or our new life season. But I just wonder if, um, yeah, in this in the following of Jesus, we sometimes don't equip people for the simplicity of what it means to follow him. And if I had to distill, distill discipleship down into kind of one simple phrase, I would say, you know, Jesus saves you and you spend the rest of your life making him Lord of every area. That's it. I mean, if you want to talk about a discipleship strategy and a good news uh, proclamation, it would be, Jesus saves you from the wrath of God for our sin. And that moment happens, eternal life. We spend the rest of it walking out our relationship with the Father and how to let him be master of every area of our life. It's really that simple. Jesus is Savior. How is he Lord? And the Holy Spirit equips in that. But I think it's really important to think back to our original question is how do you understand the good news? Because if you don't have an expectation that it is going to change your life now, if you don't have an expectation of knowing the father now, if you don't have an expectation of a changed person in your life for yourself, that your life is going to change, then you're going to see very little change in your own life. But if you expect that in living with relationship with the father through knowing the son whom he has sent, that you will change because even if you think on a vertical human relationship, when you are doing life with people, you change. I think there is multiple studies that show that um, they say, look at the five, your five closest friends now, and I'll tell you who you're going to be in the next couple of years. Look at your five closest friends now and I'll tell you who you're going to be in the next couple of years. I remember hearing that statement years ago and I was like, that's really profound. It also made me way more intentional with picking my people because I know there are certain characteristics that I want to rub off on me. Like I just need that in my life. And that looks more like these are characteristics of Jesus or I think what it means to follow Christ that I need to rub off on me. And also I need my community. But that changes... Do you notice how my perception of my journey has changed? I expect to change. When we just talk about Jesus saving us from our sins, it is very much a a kind of, it can become a sort of cycle in which we just, okay, we're going to sin and Jesus is going to save us and we'll come to him and then he'll save us again and he'll save us again and he'll save us again. 
And I just wonder if us, you know, to use that earlier phrase where we're reaping the gospel that we have preached is when we're looking at a lack of vibrancy, when it comes to the church, when it comes to why are we not more on fire for the Lord? I just wonder if it has been that for some reason we forget that eternal life starts now. So my take home for you, I think would be to talk about, and I'm going to say talk, not even pray, but reflect on and talk about what has your understanding of the good news been? What is your understanding of the gospel and how has it shaped how you live it out? How has it shaped how you live it out? Because I'm just more and more convinced that when we preach a full gospel, when we preach the good news that Jesus saves and eternal life starts now, we live and bring a framework of hope. I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Online Pastor Podcast. Please take something away and talk to God about it. But also, don't take my word for it. Grab your Bibles and spend some time with Jesus. Stay current on the next episode by hitting subscribe. And also stay connected by finding us under the handle The Online Pastor. I look forward to being with you again.